0: You're listening to the 405 Exchange Podcast. My name is Ken Grandpierre, and today's episode is with Phineas. You'll most likely know of Phineas as the brother-slash-producer-slash-co-songwriter of Billie Eilish. But what you might not know is that he also has solo music that is truly beautiful. It's safe to say that the music that touches us the most tends to be the music that speaks to our emotions in ways we can never speak on our own. And Phineas does this in a way that's truly unique, and it's not just his choice of words that elevates his music, but it's also the genuine sincerity that can be found within his music. The songs he's released so far have straddled a fine line between being hyper-specific yet vague enough that we as listeners can pour in our own thoughts and our own feelings. And honestly, that's an absurdly difficult thing to do. I recently got to chat with Phineas while he was on the road with his sister and I'm more than sure you're going to love our chat. This is the 405 Exchange with Phineas. How the hell did I lose a friend
1: I never had? Never had. I'm on the men, Like I'm wearing a neck brace Like I'm sleeping in my own
0: place like I'm pulling all the stitches out of my own face So, Phineas, thanks so much for taking the time to chat. I know you're in the middle of, like, an absurdly busy tour, so, honestly, thank you so much. it's an honor. Nice hear from you. Yeah, uh, so, you know, from listening to your songs, uh, the clearest thing that le- leaps out for me is how important, uh, the piano is to you. Like, it's clear that it's an instrument that's very dear to you, and, um, yeah, uh, can you remember the first time you ever sat in front of piano? Um, yeah, I mean, I took piano lessons
1: growing up, um, sort of begged my parents to quit because I didn't want to keep doing it. And they said, okay. And then I stopped playing piano when I was like eight. And then when I was 11, I had a crush on a girl and thought maybe if I learned a song that was pretty on a piano I'd her. <laughs> and so I asked my dad to teach me how to play a song on piano and he obliged. And, uh, you know when you have an incentive like that it's much easier to focus work hard at something so that was the first time I ever like really focused on learning a song um, and uh, and then yeah I, I'm kind of right then it's like I never looked back just um, you know made music forever
0: that's truly an amazing thing and you know tell me how would you describe how does it feel to play the piano today like how would you describe that feeling <clears throat> um,
1: well, I mean it's definitely like the I feel like it's the instrument that I understand the most, you know. So like I know I know where my hands are going when I play the piano and I know what chords they're making and I know I know where the next chord is and I can pretty much like if I hear a song I can start playing along in the middle of the song on piano. Um but uh, you know, I think that familiarity is like it's great and um you know, <clears throat> because it's the one that I'm comfortable with, I think. I've written the most songs on it because the kind of complexities of like the instrument that you're playing gets out of the way and I can just write the song that I'm trying to write and the lyrics I'm trying to write and the melodies I'm trying to write.
0: Does, you know, something I've heard from a lot of musician friends of mine over the years, and I feel like it kind of touches on what you're talking about, is that out of all the other instruments, piano is one where it's very easy for, for it to feel like an extension of your own body, especially when you incorporate singing. Is that very much ring true for you in that sense as well?
1: Um, I don't know that I'm like a good enough pianist to to really feel that way, but it's definitely like the most kind of definitely like my comfort zone. to where I feel the most comfortable.
0: Yeah, that's beautiful. Um, so you know, the first song of yours I heard was uh, "Life Moves On," and I remember thinking. Wow, this sounds like a guy who's lived a long life. Um, <laughs> I know, right? And I, I doubt I'm the first person who's pointed that out to you. But the way that you look outward within that song feels beyond your years. Like, have people ever pointed that out to you in regards to like the lyrics and the way that song has progresses all throughout?
1: Um, yeah, I've heard kind of a similar sentiment to that once or twice. Um, and it, you know, to me, it always. I think it always, I always take it as a compliment, because I think people are basically meaning it as as like the opposite of ignorance, you know, it's like, you sound like you're not ignorant, um, and, you exactly. know, the only thing, the only thing I would really say is that, like, in my experience with writing with and for my sister, and, you know, working with other people my own age, and, and you know, I've been working with people my age for a couple years now, you know, like, I'm continually surprised by, you know, how like, everyone, even, like, like our manager had a baby, like, two and a half years ago, and, like, that baby feels, like, to my observation of just, like, hanging out with this you know, with him and his kid, like, his daughter feels all emotions, you know what I mean, she's, she's super happy, and she's, you know, super sad, and she's excited about, you know, a new toy or whatever, and, you know, she's adventurous, and, like, to me, that's, like, you're born with, like, your full range of emotion and then I think it's just about articulating it right so like a two and a half year old maybe can't articulate it as well as they should be able to but to me like as long as I'm able to articulate it I think I think all the data is there from the beginning
0: yeah that's a very beautiful sentiment I love that because it kind of harkens to the fact that regardless of age humanity is still a shared experience in a lot of ways
1: that's a good way to put it
0: yeah. And honestly, that song, it's a very beautiful song. Um, Thanks, man. Yeah. Can you speak a bit about how that one was arranged, that particular song? Sure. Um, I
1: wrote that song. Um, there's there's a, a verse, the second verse in that song is about a, a dream I'd had um, when I was uh, 18 about my high school girlfriend moving away to New York. And sort of the dream was like a couple of years in the future, and we'd like lost contact. We'd stopped talking to each other. We'd broken up, and then i I'd, I'd gone to see her in like a Broadway show. This was my this was my bad dream that I had this one night. And I woke up and I was like 18, and I was lying next to her, and I told her about this dream. And I was like, oh my god, I had this terrible dream where it was years in the future, and we we aren't together anymore. Blah 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 blah, and she instead of sort of going like, I'm sorry you had that dream, I was like, wow, that's so cool that in your dream I become this successful actress. <laughs> and, um, and I remember being like, that is not the point of this. You'll become a successful actress either way. Um, and um, so I started writing this song about it, and, uh, and sort of, I, I started writing it like the, from the perspective of that dream, like that it was several years in the future. Um, and, uh, once I started recording it, I used, I I had visited her in New York a couple times when she was going to college there. And, um, I, I used the sound of a subway car, um, driving by to, uh, to sort of start the song. It's the kind of weird, like, thing that you hear at the beginning. Um, and I had all the guitars and the vocals tracked, and then I decided having, strings to track on it would be really fun and i asked a friend if he knew a violinist he did this woman madison lanester and uh she came over and recorded violin with me for like four hours and maybe even less maybe like two hours and uh you know it's great and and to me that just sort of like sealed the deal with the production for that song
0: that's really something else man and i you know what i always love about um hearing about with song stories is just how much uh different sums uh create like a full portion of a song like how there's all these like little interconnecting parts that make a whole piece and yeah that's always a really beautiful sentiment
1: um yeah i know it's the different different things uh totally shape things sometimes it's it's much simpler than it might seem
0: yeah absolutely uh, your song I Lost a Friend it uh that one beautifully broke my heart man um, it, <laughs> yeah and you know what I love so much about that song and I, I really do meanwhile I'm about to say next as a compliment as, uh, it's gonna sound like a very rudimentary way of putting it but it's a song that reminds me uh, just how poignant words can be like the feelings and the imagery you're describing are so specific and it left me wondering what was it like for you to whittle down the lyrics to what they are right now in that song because i feel like with a song like that you must have had so many ideas and to figure out a way to condense in a song must have been quite difficult
1: um that's a that's a good observation there's definitely been cases in songwriting that are like that in that specific song i feel like i feel like i got really lucky and a lot of those i mean like when i'm thinking about the songwriting like the, the verse structure is all similes right i lost a friend like um keys in a sofa, like a wallet in the backseat. I think I had, like, one or two, like, you know, sort of similes that didn't make the cut, which I, I wish I could remember right now, but I think in general, that was the song that I had been, like, you know, letting percolate for such a long time, sort of internally. I'd just been kind of mulling over the um, the material for it, and then once I actually sort of let myself sit down to write it, it all kind of just... Like poured out, Um, and I think I think that's sort of often, often the way that I write songs is I think about I'm just sort of preoccupied about the concept for a long time. I'm like, wow, this is, you know, in that case it was about this friendship of mine that had fallen apart, and so I just sort of was thinking about that for a long time, and then when I decided to write the song, I had all this data sort of stored up.
0: Yeah, you know, I'd be really curious to hear about, like, how... Because, I mean, a lot of the songs that you release have released so far very much evoke a sense of conversation in terms of, like...
1: That's true, yeah, I like that, yeah.
0: Yeah, and I wonder how you find conversations that you have with people leaving you... Like, do you find yourself inspired by just interacting with other people in a very visceral sense?
1: Definitely, yeah. I mean, I think... I think sort of, like... For my specific music, it's it's a sort of, I feel like it's all just, you know, human connection. It's my relationship to others and others' relationship with each other. And, you know, that to me is like the stuff that that really is the most exciting and meaningful for me to write about. That's the stuff that brings me the most satisfaction.
0: Yeah. And I think what's like so um, gratifying with your music, like what has to be gratifying is the fact that not only are people listening, but they can respond with their own experiences. And, like, it's, again, like that matter of the human um, experience. Like, we can all share different experiences in a variety of different ways. It's pretty wild when you think about it.
1: Um, yeah, yeah, it's really true. Yeah, it's kind of crazy.
0: Yeah. Uh, I want to ask you next about Angel. I mean, that song to me is a very different kind of song for you, thematically <laughs> yeah. speaking. Uh, did writing this one feel particularly any different for you? Um, I wrote that
1: one in November of last year um, at a show at a venue we had a piano in the green room which is usually very rare um, and uh, yeah I sort of played the, the piano um, pattern that starts the song and then um, started singing it and knew pretty quickly that it was about the, the girl that I just started dating who's now my my girlfriend but um, yeah I mean I think it was it's a pretty like ridiculously like romantic effort of a song I think um, you know I think it's definitely like making no apologies about just being like super mushy but that was the song that I felt like writing at the time
0: that's incredible and like you know it definitely comes across like I think one of the, the things I caught on um, right away when I heard the song for the first time is how you were clearly um overwhelmed by the emotion but more or less inhibited by it. Like it wasn't something that was like either positive or negative, just like a very state of being in a lot of ways. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. You know, I'm curious, man. Like you've been touring a lot, like the first time I crossed paths with you was um last summer at Governor's Ball here in New York. And I that. Uh, yeah, it was really awesome. And um I mean you've just been on the road constantly. How do you feel like this travel, the, the amount of traveling you've done has, um, informed the way you approach writing now? Because I imagine you're always writing constantly while you're on the road anyway.
1: Well, <clears throat> I do write a fair
0: amount on the road, but I definitely write less on the road than I do when I'm
1: at home, just because there's so much other stuff to do in the day. There's, you know, a sound check and, like, you know, moving into new hotel rooms all the time or moving into new venues all the time, doing the show every night, and, travel days and stuff so there's less time a lot of things for um you know just sort of kind of the hours of writing that are required to really write a song but um you know i think it's just broadened my world view and exposed me to different things and allowed me to like refocus on what mm-hmm. i find the most exciting about music and you know, I think I think the benefit of touring is that like I feel, I worry that if I were only writing songs all the time and I never toured played shows, I would probably like take it for granted. You know, and I think the the benefit of touring and playing a lot of shows is that when I do when I am able to sit and write a song, I feel like it's a real luxury. And then conversely, like I feel the same way about playing a show. It's like when I'm able to go play a show, I think of that as like a luxury. I think it's like the more I can do everything, the more I appreciate everything.
0: Yeah. That's beautiful to hear because it pretty much harkens to how everything uh, is quite holistic. Like, everything informs one another. That's really great.
1: Thanks, man.
0: Yeah. Uh, I want to just ask you two more (laughs) questions, uh, particularly regarding this tour that you're on now with your sister. Um, Yeah. uh, I was at the show at uh, Pier 17 here in New York, and you also did uh, Radio City the night after. I mean, that's unbelievable, man. (laughs)
1: Those were fun shows.
0: Yeah, I can... And, you know, I've been going to shows for many years now and I can honestly say I think this was, like, my second or third time watching you perform with your sister and, like, I can honestly say out of all the shows I've been to in my life, I've never seen uh, fans interacting with a show like that in that manner. The way they're singing all the words back, the way how their intent is so much there within the moment, I've honestly never seen anything like that. They are her fans
1: i mean we are so lucky to have her fans at her shows you know what i mean like oh my god i think she's totally deserving of it but we're just really lucky you know
0: it's really something incredible so the questions i wanted to ask you um a big one actually is i'm curious how do you feel the experience of working on billy's album changed you and made you realize what you wanted for your own eventual album because i do imagine Someday we'll hear like a Phineas album. So I wonder. Yeah, I'm assuming.
1: assuming probably 2021. There'll be a there'll be a me album.
0: Oh, yeah, come on. Which is far
1: away, but that's, <laughs> albums take a long time.
0: <laughs> no, naturally. Yeah. Well, do you feel like from the experience of making Billy's album, you real you you got a sense of what you'd want for your own? Um. Yeah, you know that album.
1: To me, the the thing that that album taught me was that you. You know, I think there's there's a lot of emphasis in the industry on like sacrifices to achieve broad appeal or mass appeal. Do you know what I mean? Like people are people often talk about like writing a hit song or you know, and, and the things that you might have to do with that. Like and if we're talking about like Spotify and Apple Music, like people talk about like having shorter intros on songs and you know, making the the, the topic more broad and more, you know, approachable for fans of all ages, whatever. And I think somehow we got away with making exactly the album we felt like making without sacrificing or compromising anything, and it still has done incredibly well for us. And I think to me, it just makes me um, want to double down on that and make just exactly the music that I, I want to make for myself and not worry so much about like how the how it's going to be perceived you know what i mean like i feel like if i make something that i'm really proud of i'm really pleased by that's enough and i think a lot of the time you're you're worried about like how your friends are going to feel about your song and how fans are going to feel about your song but i think when billy and i made that album we were just like we want to love this album and we do and we love playing it every day
0: that's really beautiful i love i truly love hearing that like from a music fan perspective and uh, just a lover of arts like that's really beautiful to hear Thanks, man. Yeah. Um, you know, before I let you run here, uh, a big uh, standout portion for me of the show is that song where you and Billy are sat uh, on a bed that's suspended. On oh, the bed,
1: yeah. I love you. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You're suspended uh, in the air by this on this bed overseeing the crowd. Uh, people take out their phones. Um, obviously, you've experienced this moment multiple times now, but can you just describe to me what it feels like within that moment? Because that's really something that so many people never experience that. What is that like?
1: Um, it's the best. It's so great. It's, it's a vantage point. You never otherwise get to see the audience from which is like above all of them. And you can kind of look down at everybody and really see them. And I think when they're, when they're all kind of the same height and they're standing in front of you, like you can see like the front couple rows and then they disappear. But, um, when you're really like able to like have a bird's eye view, you can really see everybody. And, um, that all being said, I spend I spend ninety nine percent of that song just looking at Billy and uh, and that's the most fun part of it for me. So we're right next to each other.
0: That is really something else. I mean, this journey that you guys have been on, I mean thinking well back to the early days of just like two, two and a half years ago and seeing where it is now, I mean, who could have ever thought like this is amazing. I know, so it's
1: so totally crazy. <laughs>
0: It's really something else. Phineas, thanks so much for taking the time to chat. I truly do appreciate it. Thank you too, man. I really appreciate it. Don't need me.
1: Cause he made a little too much money to be 20 and sad. And I'll be fine without him. But all I do is write about him. How the hell did I lose a friend I never had? Never had. I'm on the mend, like I'm wearing a neck brace, like I'm sleeping at my own place, like I'm pulling all the stitches out of my own.